Welcome to the Perfectly Honest Podcast with Michael and Kiana. We are here to discuss life's everyday circumstances from the perspective of an everyday couple. That's us. If I'm being perfectly honest, the world is challenging our righteous desires to become better men and women. With Christ, we believe it's possible to overcome the world, live intentionally, and experience joy. So, let's jump right in to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome to the Perfectly Honest Podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Kiana. And I have had a very good day today. Oh, that's good. I froze my face when I walked to school today. And that is the honest truth. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today we're going to be talking about parenting. Yeah. And this is... Kiana's been really excited to talk about this. I've been super stoked. Okay, if we're being honest, guys, we tried to record this episode last night and it didn't quite work out. Yeah. But I'm... It was really hard for me. I was not ready to to talk about it. I was feeling pretty low as a parent and maybe that's the best time to talk about it. That's what I said. I said it was the best time to talk about it. It's the perfectly honest (laughs) podcast. Uh, But, you know, it it was getting to the point where... where, um, it, it was it was more about I wasn't even able to formulate words like at all. So, yeah. so that makes it hard. And we need to have a good conversation for you guys so you can get something out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about parenting. Um, so, uh, Kiana, did you have any questions? Uh, I think you said you had some things that you wanted to start with. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the reason why we wanted to talk about parenting is because Coleman just turned one. Yeah. And so we have been parents for a year. Yes. And so we know a little bit. We don't know a lot, but we're learning a lot, which yeah. is really fun. And I hope today's episode doesn't feel like how to. Yeah. You know, like how to parent, because um, what we've learned is that, I don't know, just like a general synopsis, I think, is that it just takes a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. And that determines how we parent Coleman. Yeah. And so there's not really a good tip because it's like there's something that works for Coleman mm-hmm. and we know that that only works for him because we've just tried it on him. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were having a conversation with some friends like a couple weekends ago because they're expecting and the soon to be dad was really nervous and Michael just stepped up and gave some really good advice. And so I wanted to ask you, Michael, like what you wish someone would have told you. Yeah. Like what did you need to hear as a new dad or like right as you were stepping into fatherhood? Yeah, I, well, something that I realized before I was a dad already, and this is something that I talked about was that you're never prepared Mm -hmm. to be a parent. Yeah. It's just, so, you know, just take that stress, you know, use that as an opportunity to, to be less stressed, not more stressed. That could also be more <laughs> stressful. But, you know, there's a lot of fears that naturally come, especially for men, um, mm. uh, having natural desire to provide. Um, all men are different, but, but I think there's a couple things that usually end up being a, about the same. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about fear because in that situation, we both uh, had experienced fear to some extent. And I just felt, you know, I, I, I just feel like fear just accompanies being a parent fear mm-hmm. and worry do. 
And so you should just recognize that and know that it is a normal feeling. That's just yeah. good advice is just to, to be present in mm-hmm. the journey of parenthood. Um, be present with the fear, be present with the worries yeah. that come with it. And just know that everybody else before you wasn't prepared either. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those things that you have to walk through in order to really understand it. You can prepare all you want. Yeah. But it's like if you've never been married, you don't you can imagine what it's like to be married, but you won't know what it's like to be married. Yeah. Same with parenthood. Yeah. Like exactly. if you've never been a parent, then you can't really know what to expect because parenthood throws a lot of curveballs at you. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. It's natural to be scared, but you don't want fear to dictate how you parent. Right, right. Because when you parent or when you do anything out of fear, you're not showing up as your best self. You know, you are like rushed into making decisions or, okay, say we're at the playground with Coleman and he's a little older and he steals a bucket from another kid and we are scared of what other parents are going to think of us and our kid so we run up and we say Coleman don't take that and rip it out of his hands well what's that teaching him that's okay to take things out of people's hands when you parent out of fear you are acting on gut reactions and you're not using those learning opportunities to teach your child something Right. And then when your child starts taking stuff out of your hand or trying to, mm-hmm. you know, steal stuff from other kids and you're like, don't do that. You know, yeah, it, it, it came from somewhere. And, and that could be a natural thing with kids, too. Um, but I was just realizing today even um, uh, I, I was I was uh, pumping up a air mattress. We decided let's have a little fun like family party in the living room. So we pumped up our air mattress <laughs> and just. We're just sitting on the inflatable bed, uh, watching shows, playing games and stuff like that. And uh, as I was filling it up, uh, Coleman came over and he was wanting to play with it. The pump. The pump. Yeah. He was wanting to play with the pump and he ended up taking it or he ended up taking my hand and pushing it away from the pump. And I was realizing, (laughs) huh, I kind of do that. I usually just kind of like slowly shift his hand away. And he was just so patiently, just like every, every time I put my hand on the pump, he was just taking my <laughs> hand off of it so that he could play with it. And so it was just a gentle reminder that like, yeah, he's kind of mirroring yeah. you know, who we are already at one years old. And that, I think that's really recent for us, mm-hmm. uh, like the last couple of weeks recent. Yeah. So. And it's, it's kind of shocking because I didn't really think of that concept of your kids are mirroring you until, yeah, like. The last couple of days, really. Yeah. And it just makes you stop and think like, okay, where did he learn that? Do I do that? Does Michael do that? Right. And then it's like, okay, is there something that we need to change yeah. about like how we parent? And I feel like it's it's been a really good learning opportunity for me to realize, okay, I need to be more patient with him and honestly, yeah, not grab things out of his hands because he... He gets so mad. But I mean, I would be mad if someone was grabbing stuff out of my hands. (laughs) Right, right. And it's hard because sometimes you do need to grab stuff out of their hands. Because it's dangerous. Like they're about to like do danger to something, someone or Mm -hmm. themselves. Yeah. Coleman's favorite thing recently is to gag himself. Yeah. It drives us crazy. He just sticks his fingers 
in the back of his throat until he throws up or he'll like grab some miscellaneous object and in those moments we have to grab something out of his hands or his hands right right and something that drives me nuts but is not as dangerous to him is that he picks up objects and he hits the tv with them oh yeah like that his does blocks, drive you crazy he takes his building blocks and he hits it and you see the tv flash and you're just it man it drives me nuts <laughs> and in those moments i'm like well maybe we should just turn it off and direct our attention of like somewhere right, else <laughs> right yeah that is the best option so harder for me but but that is that is what we got to do yeah because so. that's something else we've been talking about is you can either change your kid or change the environment right let's talk about that yeah. so you've been doing that a little bit more mm-hmm. um as just especially in the last couple of weeks, how has that been going for you? Do you have any good examples of how changing and talk about the environment? Like, what does yeah. that mean to change instead of changing the kid, change the right. environment? Well, so anyone who's had a baby knows the wonders of having to baby proof your home. And it's kind of a gradual process because one day your baby doesn't know how to open the cupboard. And then the next day he does. And so you're like, oh, I need a baby proof that spot and so it's just been noticing what we can make accessible to him right right? so like we have cabinets that are low to the ground and have low shelves and you know I could put breakable things in there and then fuss over every time he opens it and try to train him not to open it or not to touch the things inside right instead I put pots and pans and like plasticware in those low reaching areas. Right. So it's no problem that he's opening it and taking everything's out, everything out of the cupboard or drawer because he just wants to be involved. Usually I'm like cooking in the kitchen. And he's like, oh, mom's cooking. Time for me to do my job. And his job right now is to take all the pots out and right. bang them together. <laughs> right. And he loves it. He, he loves he'll it. Sit, he'll sit there and just, and it looks like he's working. Well, and even today, what his job today was, <laughs> was uh, pushing the chair around the house. The whole house. He made it from our front room into our bedroom. With which, the kitchen chair. With the kitchen chair. And he made it through this like narrow hallway. I was really impressed. Yeah. He was like pulling it through looking and he was being pretty patient. Yeah. Like, he was, but he, you know, he just had work to do. So he had we to just, get that done. So we just let him do it, you know, and that's what's cool. Well, and, and so kind of what I was hearing too, Kiana, from what you're saying was mm-hmm. accessibility Yeah, is kind of what the environment is about. Because I, I know my first intention is I want to have my kid have access to everything for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. One, so it's easier for me Yeah, because I want to not deal with all of the little locks and things that are everywhere because uh-huh. it, it kind of, it gets tedious. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing is you want them to learn and grow and like have access to things. Yeah, But instead of like, making them frustrated all the time and having you be frustrated. I think it's actually okay to, to change the environment and just control what is accessible, Mm -hmm. not control Coleman, right? but you control what we have control over. Yes. Uh, I think that's been really helpful for us and for Mm -hmm. him because he feels like he's free. Yeah. And how he feels is really important because he doesn't communicate any other way except for through feeling he's a baby yeah so so if he feels like he's okay like he's having mm-hmm. a good time and he's become okay with some of the locks too sometimes he gets a little frustrated but 
as long as he doesn't get too frustrated with it, we don't have to change that environment. Right. Um, and he can deal with small frustrations and and enjoy having free reign in the house. He can yeah. go wherever he wants, pull things out wherever he wants, because those are the areas that we've designated. Yeah. They're like, yeah, this is good. Go for it. So when Coleman feels free and he's happy, it makes our whole home a lot more enjoyable place to be, yeah. right? When Coleman, when your baby's having a frustrating day, it can make everyone have a very frustrating day. Yes, yes, very much. Well, and I think that that happens when we're trying to control each other, right? Right. When we're focused on Coleman, you can't do that. You can't, you can't, you can't. And he's like, no, I need to. I need to touch that thing. Yeah, he just... He just falls apart with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, it just makes it so much easier when we just stick to not controlling each other. Yeah. Control what we can control, mm-hmm. you know, and even just be less particular about having control. Oh, yeah. You know, that, mm-hmm. That's another part of it. You have to kind of do both things a little bit. But it is good to have control because of safety reasons and growth mm-hmm. reasons for him. Yeah. So. That's what we got to do. But for those listening that have like older kids, obviously changing the environment is not just baby proofing. Right. That can be changing the dynamics of your home, changing screen time, yeah. changing what you feed your child, sugar intake, changing just how much time you spend inside versus outside. Right. Right. Even um, Coleman has started to pick up on how much I'm on my phone. Yeah. And he comes up and he kind of whines at me. And then I've been, even today, I, I just put my phone down, turned the TV off and just said, hey, I'm right here. You know, and he's just like, okay. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So I totally agree with that too. Yeah. Environment is huge. And th- this goes all the way up to teenagers. This is what we mm-hmm. plan to do. We haven't got there yet. <laughs> but, you know, setting some, some boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I love the word boundaries because it's kind of like, um, uh, for example, I'm not as huge on football, but it was really close to the Super Bowl, so that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, in football, you have boundaries, you have mm-hmm. sidelines, and if the thing is, is like while you're playing football, it's super, super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't have those boundaries, it wouldn't be fun anymore, because it'd be like, okay, you could just run all the way, like way out past the field, run around everybody and then go score a touchdown, right? Yeah, you could just do whatever. Yeah, so like boundaries are are more than just having strict rules. They're they're keeping you in an area that that keeps everything okay for everybody mm-hmm. else, right? Um and then keeps you safe. Yeah. And <clears throat> you should establish boundaries in your home so that your kids establish establish boundaries for themselves Mm -hmm. as life goes on so boundaries being less technology consumption Mm -hmm. um you know my mom did this for example as we we, she would set a time limit on how much we could play video games or watch a show yeah and it wasn't like you can't play video games that's it right yeah and we still a lot of us still love video games to this day probably play too much but (laughs) but we learned that there was a time and a place so we would play for an hour and then it wasn't just like you're done on that it was like the next thing was you go outside and yeah <laughs> and then you play for three hours or, mm-hmm. or whatever so 
the boundaries are good. Yeah. And I think with boundaries come natural consequences, not just consequences that you established in your home as like, oh, will you do this? This is what happens. Like you're, when your child is learning how to properly nourish their bodies and they right. eat like five cookies and are like sugar overloaded, there's a natural consequence to that action. And that's right. when they learn, oh, that's why mom and dad say one or two. That's yeah. why we have this boundary in our home because I feel gross now. Right. Yep, exactly. I love natural consequences. We should do a podcast just on consequential <laughs> thinking, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Deal. Okay, let's do it. Let us know if you want to hear that. DM us, email us. Yep. yep. We would love to hear from you guys. <laughs> yeah. So... um, <clears throat> Speaking about natural consequences, I think this is probably a good time to, uh, d well, did you have anything else uh, that you wanted to talk about specifically on parenting, Kiana? Um, I did just have like one question, another question for you. Yeah. So we've been parents for a year. What changes have you seen in yourself as you've become a father? And what changes have you seen in me as I've transitioned from wife to mother? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to say my answer and then I want you to answer this question as well. Okay. Um, <clears throat> changes I've seen in myself. Uh, I have become more irritable. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> uh, but it's the honest truth, you yeah. know, like I, I've become more irritable, but at the same time I've like grown a new level of patience. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and they're coming together because you're just, your senses are overloaded like 24 seven. So you are becoming more patient to be able to mm -hmm. deal with more, mm -hmm. but it's also not possible to be, you know, like I'm, I find myself being more irritable because it's just, you know, it's hard to find space. Yeah. Um, but on like a lot more positive note, um, I've grown in my love, like I've grown in my outward love you know, I've become less self-loving. Mm. I, I bet there's a lot of studies on this, especially for men. Mm -hmm. There has to be because like I just spent so much time thinking about myself as a man. Mm -hmm. And as time has gone on, I've just thought more and more about others. It makes me so much more happy, yeah. you know, especially you and Coleman. Mm. Well, so. I feel like that goes not just for men. I feel like parenthood and marriage in general just kind of exposes yourself to how selfish you are right. until you have to care for more and more people. Right. I think it's more so for men, but I think it's for, <laughs> I think it's for everybody too. No, it has to be like, it has to be for everybody. Cause yeah. Cause, well, cause I've noticed I'm like, yeah, like, ah, I wish I had this time to myself. I'm like, okay, but being a mom is what I've wanted to do my whole life. And right here we are. And then what I've seen change in you is, um, I would say resilience is probably one of the biggest things mm. that I've seen. Just your ability to handle more, you know, cause you mm. had a lot of worries, yeah. especially while you're pregnant. I don't know if that was just the emotions, mm -hmm. but, uh, we could do a whole episode on my pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Yeah. Um, but the, I, I think that you're just so much more resilient mm. and, uh, You've been just continually patient, you Thank know, you. I think your focus has been good the whole time. Cause you've been focused on what Coleman needs mm. 
And that's the magic question. So, uh, is you know, ask what's needed. Yeah, mine turn. Yep. Uh, okay, what I've seen in myself, and then changes I've seen in you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've just gotten a lot more confident as a person, and I think I've kind of narrowed down what's most important in life. I think that's going to keep narrowing down and focusing in on what is most important. But I feel like when you become a parent, like all the extra noise in the world fades away and you just kind of see like what is, what really comes first, where your priorities are Mm -hmm. where they have to be. And maybe that's just natural instincts, survival instincts. Right. (laughs) But yeah. And then watching you become a dad. It's been such a joy. It's it's really interesting because I feel like, well, I had nine months of pregnancy to prepare me right. for motherhood. And so it felt like a lot more natural of a transition for me. Whereas right. for you, fatherhood kind of started when he came out of right. the womb. <laughs> right. And. Because I feel like seriously being, I don't know, this is how I felt. It's probably, this has got to be different for other people, but I was like. I was like not being a dad yet. I was being a really good boyfriend while she was pregnant. (laughs) You know, like I was just focused on like taking care of her, which you could say is like really like fatherly, but it it was a lot more different. Yeah, You know, it was like, oh, I'm like caring for someone who's sick. Right. You know? Uh, so far, I mean, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't believe he was real until he was in the world. Like I know. Born. <laughs> even then, I was like, I, is this our baby? Yeah, I I had a hard time like <sighs> even really believing that it was all real. So, so funny. Yeah. Um, But what I've seen in you, man, I asked the question and I didn't like think about it as much. It's okay if there's nothing. No, there, <laughs> no, that's the thing is like there's so did. many changes. Yeah. I think your ability to look outward has increased exponentially. Yeah. Which I know that's something that a skill that you've had for a long time, but when you became a dad, it was like, Oh, there are a lot more needs in the world now that my wife needs help. My baby needs help. And I think that that's a really good thing to have increase. Yeah, so. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think that one took me a little while though to be honest. But it's true. Yeah. Like I as time went on you're just you just you look at the world a lot differently when you become a parent. Mm-hmm. That's another thing I wish I would have known. Well, not that I wish I would have known before, but is like a good thing to know before you become a parent is that you're going to see things differently, you know? Mm-hmm. You're going to look at every public school and you're going to say this is the most evil thing that ever existed. <laughs> Which is but, funny because we both have gone to public schools. I know, I know. <laughs> we and we have certain views on that, but but uh, which is okay. Like public school is a good thing for society, but yeah, there have just what Michael is trying to say is there have been a lot of paradigm shifts, right? Right. But I think that it's just a natural consequence. You're gonna look yeah. at everything different. You're gonna yeah. look at like uh, how expensive things are in the store. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because you're just thinking like, oh man. Like I actually do need to put food on the table. Yeah. You know? And and you uh you know, like push comes to shove, we'll figure it out, but still, you know, things things make you 
uh, there's things that make you really happy and there's things that make you extra angry, mm-hmm. you know, in society. So yeah. you're like, oh, it's a great thing that this exists. Oh, this is not good. Yeah. Well, I, I know we've talked about this. Sorry. I know you want to segue to the next topic, but, um, like becoming a mom has made me so much more aware of all the social and political issues of the world. Right. Before I was very complacent, very, want to talk about, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't really care. I felt like it didn't really affect me, but the second you have like a child in this world and you realize that the things going on in this world will affect him directly. Oh, then you start to care yeah, and you start to see the patterns of what influences, what changes are being made to the family, right? how, how this is going to affect the way he grows up. Right. There's just that a was lot. a huge that was a huge paradigm shift for Kiana oh, for sure. Huge. Because it was like it it was seriously like I would I'd be like, Oh yeah, I was listening to like this political podcast and you're like, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. What, what's happening in the world is scary. But then when you're a parent and it's scary, you're like, Oh, I need to know mm-hmm. about all of it. Yeah. Because you, know? you want to protect your kid. Yeah. So that's kinda what, what becomes the difference and and uh, politics are both are well uh, just Labor some, honestly. Yeah. Okay, segue. Yeah, segue. Segue. What do you read about the town? Yeah, politics. Perfect. Perfect, perfect segue, segue to into our religious God. section. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so uh, honest to God. Mm-hmm. What? And has... this is what we call this section, by the way. Yeah. Just so you're aware. Um, we just thought it was kind of funny because people say that kind of as a term that like I don't necessarily love mm-hmm. all the time. Cause, you know, for me, it borders on taking the Lord's name in vain. I'm not judging anybody, you know, for how you use it, but it just mm-hmm. depends. Sometimes you hear people use it. And it's like, uh, so we're using it kind of in a funny way because it's like we're talking about our like, honest experience. Yeah. Yeah. Really like being honest with God. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should call it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, it's good. You know, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a play on words that, you know, we also like to be challenging mm-hmm. ideas and stuff. So, um, okay. So this is. I usually have scriptures to share here, but but this is what has been a big spiritual impression for me this week, um, especially how I've had some lows, which is part of the reason why we had trouble recording yesterday. Um, but but this was just really sticking out to me was that God loves you, that you're doing all right, and um, you know God sees your intentions and your battles. He knows everything that's going on. Mm. So that was kind of the, how I was honest with God this week was, um, opening up to, Mm -hmm. to say, I accept that you see everything and, um, that you know that my intentions are, are good, you know, and sometimes we have bad intentions too. It's, and I, I think that like, sometimes we look at people and we say, um, like you, uh, like almost we can judge them by their intentions, mm-hmm. right? And that's what we see online is like, oh, well, he didn't intend this. He would never intend that. Yeah. But sometimes people have good intentions. Sometimes they have bad intentions. Sometimes that goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that can just come from temptation. So it doesn't say all about your character. Um, but just noticing that God sees all of that. Mm-hmm. He knows what you want to do at all times. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse. Uh I think that that can bring you comfort if you accept that 
hey, deep down, I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Whether I have wanted to do something bad or, you know, or not at a different time. So, yeah. Um, and and uh, the battles that we're going through, like I, I was, uh, I've been really working on my YouTube channel a lot, uh, doing Minecraft videos. And uh, that's why I'm having a really good day is because I posted a video today and I got 100 subscribers. And that so that I went from 200 just below 200 to 300. Mm-hmm. So that was really huge. And uh, just felt like God was on my on my side today. Um, I've been praying a lot about it. I've been working really hard editing for hours and hours and hours. And then, you know, to have that was just a big... A big win. Yeah. So, so this is less about scripture, more about um, God ever seeing everything in my, mm-hmm. in my life and then still loving me. Yeah. So, yeah, he loves you too. Oh, I love that. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. No problem. Okay, well, I have scripture to share, so that's good that you didn't. She's she's the doctrinal <laughs> master today. <laughs> so, um, this happened this past week. I'm going to share like a little spiritual experience. So, I was sitting on the couch, and it was morning. I don't think you had woken up yet. And I was up with Coleman, and he was already off to a rough start. And I was feeling overwhelmed because I was looking at the dishes, feeling crumbs on my feet on the floor. That is, that's a real battle <laughs> that we're is going a real through battle. right now. We're, we're going tomorrow to look for a rug to help us combat the feeling of crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was sitting there and this scripture came to mind. It's Second Nephi 32, 3. It says, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. And I was thinking of the scripture in reference to parenting. I was like, I just don't know how to show up for Coleman right now. I don't know how to change this situation. And this came to my mind of just like, the scriptures will tell you everything that you need to do, everything you need to know. I was like, okay, let's put her to the test. And so I grabbed my Book of Mormon and I just opened to a random scripture. And I think it was in Mosiah. Oh, it was in Mosiah because it was about King Mosiah laboring with his hands with his people. And I thought, oh, I just need to get to work. And so I got off the couch, did the dishes, vacuumed, cleaned up a little bit. And all of a sudden, we all started having a really good day. It, it was nice to come out to. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just wanted to testify that that the scriptures really do have all the answers, even to the most insequ- inconsequential, is that the word yeah. I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah. Questions or topics. Sometimes you have to seek more and dig more than just opening to a random scripture. Yeah. But God has equipped us with everything that we need, with the scriptures and with personal revelation. We just have to reach out. So challenge you guys to try that. If there's something that's bothering you, some situation that needs to be fixed, turn to the scriptures and see what happens. Yeah, I love that. I, I uh, feel like every time I read the scriptures, I get a little bit more insight mm-hmm. about what I need to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's just, it's just so powerful, 
you know, to feel like the Lord is on your side, Mm -hmm. uh, especially at the beginning of your day. Totally. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. Just talking about, you know, things spiritually too, and kind of talking about our parenting. Best, best parents to learn from are Mm -hmm. our heavenly parents. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just, just remember that you have a father in heaven, father and mother. And, you know, I, I think it's really interesting I've been looking at a lot of the trials in the in the scriptures, and uh, another thing from like the chosen, for example, mm-hmm. um, it was a uh, little James mm-hmm. uh, was really impactful. That uh, he was asking right before he went out, and I don't know what it says in the. I have to go back to the Bible. I don't know what it says. I'm pretty sure that they added a lot here. Yeah, <laughs> but it was still a powerful message. Was uh, basically little James was about to go out on his mission. And he was commissioned to heal and, and preach and, and teach. And he had a physical like ailment, so he had to walk with a cane. And so he walked up to Jesus and said, why haven't you healed me? And it was basically like, I, you didn't really, like you don't need to be healed to believe in me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then he went about healing with this physical ailment. And so I was thinking, sometimes in parenting, you know, we... And we already do this with Coleman, but we see this a lot where we're like, we want them to learn, mm-hmm. you know? And so they have to struggle through something. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until I was a parent, but mm-hmm. it's pretty dang good parenting. Um, to let us struggle. Yeah. And in God's, like, in our eyes, it's like a very small moment with our kids. Yeah. In God's eyes, it's a really small moment to mm-hmm. him. And, and that can feel very long to us. Yeah. <laughs> but he knows our timing. He knows how much we have to endure something to learn uh, what we need to learn to be as strong as we need to be, you know? Oh, man. That is such yeah. a good connection. But also going off of that is that when Coleman is struggling... I don't just let him do it alone. Right. Oftentimes I'll go and just sit with him until he kind of figures it out or say, Hey, it's okay. I'm here. And that's why Heavenly Father sent us a savior. He sent us Jesus Christ. So that when we're struggling, we have Christ right next to us saying like, Hey, I know this is hard right now and you're learning and stretching and growing, but I'm here and it's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. Well, and once again, in The Chosen, when little James came to Jesus, he said, uh, Jesus said to him, basically, how cool will it be that you go and heal people, but you haven't been healed yet yourself, Mm -hmm. that you believe so much that you're able to perform this miracle, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, and just gave him this, this great encouragement and then just said, hey, just know that eventually you'll be without it and I will heal you. Yeah. And that's, that's all that, you know, needed to be done. And, and for him, for little James, it was, it was more strengthening to him mm-hmm. spiritually to walk with his ailment than to just be healed and then go, you know, cause there was a lot of other people who were meant to do that. So it was yeah. cool imagery. I, I, I need to check the scriptures again. I don't, I really don't think that that's, that was in there, but it was just a really cool yeah. thing that they added. message to men and women. Yeah. Do you yeah. have your message? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. So, um, this week in one of my classes, we were talking about social media, technology, and it turned into a very scary conversation. Um, just realizing how schools are 
implementing technology, how the world is going towards just this technology based everything. Imagining kindergartners now coming home with Chromebooks and just this access to the internet that wasn't there before. And it's, it's just really scary having kids in the world thinking, how am I going to protect them against images that they might see on the computer? How do I teach them how to use technology wisely? And it was me and one of my classmates who's also a mom, and we were just telling our other classmates, like, yeah, it's really scary. We just have babies right now, and we don't really know how we're going to handle it as they get older, but we'll take it as we, you know, we'll, we'll take it step by step. And one of the other girls in my group, she said that something that has brought her a lot of peace, and she's not a parent yet, but this is the best advice I've probably ever heard on parenting, is that you don't have to be the perfect parent and you can't protect them from everything. Your job is to teach your child how to go to God and the Savior and how to rely on them and have a personal relationship with them because God is the perfect parent and where we are not, right? So we can do all that we can, but ultimately, if we just turn our kids over to the Lord, then they are going to be in the best hands. So that's what I want to say to women specifically is that you don't have to be the perfect mom and you're going to snap at your kid and the world is scary and you can't protect them from everything. But as long as you show them God, they're going to be okay. Now, men, here's my message to you today is to be thoughtful and to choose others first. Um, just kind of going back to what we were talking about before um, and how I've grown as a parent. Uh, but, you know, wherever you are in your stage, if you're not in a parent stage yet, uh, just take the moment to be more thoughtful in little things. It'll only help when mm -hmm. you become a parent. Uh, it's not going to make parenting perfect for you, but... Being thoughtful, thinking about others first before yourself is truly what brings happiness. Amen, men. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think that's what we have for you guys for this week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And please consider subscribing or following or whatever it is however you follow your podcast yeah however you follow your mm -hmm. podcast to avoid the tragedy of missing out next week and we'll see you next time bye, bye.